You see, the heart is a focal point where God can deal with you. I said, see, the heart is a focal point where God can deal with you and God will deal with you if you will allow him to. It's a focal point where your parents can deal with you and they will deal with you if you will allow them to. Your theme is everlasting and what a good theme everlasting is. I think everlasting is a, is a wonderful thing. Everlasting in... Uh, can be put into many different contexts. Men have been searching for everlasting life, tried to drink from fountains, tried to uh, find different plants, uh, tried to freeze themselves, tried to do all different types of things so they could have everlasting. Many uh, Christians could have everlasting ministries, but they didn't make it far enough along for their ministries to grow in that capacity. And they have either disqualified themselves or just quit on the Lord Jesus Christ. And ministries lasted for a period of time. The Lord's allowed me to do mixed martial arts camps, some inner city team conferences, VBS, jail revivals, gathering public schools at the Gold Key to the school district, um, got the mayor together and some other people together. I actually got to lead the mayor to the Lord, um, which is what the Lord will allow you to do if you're where you're supposed to be. He'll give you those type of opportunities. Amen. But... Uh, I want each and every one of the ministries that God has given me that are God's ministries to be everlasting, last for a lifetime. Um, salvation, souls, winning souls, that lasts for a lifetime. The people under the sound of my voice could be the greatest soul winners that this world has ever seen, talking about you individuals. Everlasting. My life on earth is not going to be everlasting, but I want my life to last as long as possible. Amen. I don't want to do anything to make God want to call me out of here. I want my life to be as long as possible so I can enjoy my, my family and my children and things of that nature. Um, and I'm going to preach on some things that can help you um, have a long lasting life but an everlasting effect on others. Because uh, us being knuckleheads, it's hard to be a human sometimes. It's hard to be a human. And some of the knucklehead choices that we make squash um, or hinder our growth, hinder um, things going on for, for an eternity. There's no doubt that the Lord wants us to have a long lasting, everlasting effect on the people that, that, that we are around and that we choose to surround ourselves with. However, many people's lives are cut short. Listen, if I live to be 50 years old, that means I have 50 years on this earth to have everlasting effects on others. But if I only live to be 20, then I only have 20 years. Let's get into this. Proverbs with me, if you will. Proverbs chapter number seven. We're just going to let the verse or the, the, the whole chapter preach itself. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to preach. I thank you for, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me again. <coughs> I thank you for having my faculties about me that allow me to sneeze. Lord, there's some people that can't smell, can't see, can't hear. Lord, I'm grateful for everything that you do in my life, everything that you have done in my life. Thank you for the opportunity to preach. I'm just asking now that you would allow the hearts that hear 
to be spongy and soak up every ounce of the message that lives may be changed. It's pretty hot in here. I don't know how hot it is where you guys are, but it's pretty hot here. I'm going to take this jacket off. We'll put that right over there. The Bible here says, My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. Did you know there's many young people that do not live the natural course of their lives because they do not keep the commandments? God says to honor thy mother and thy father. Mother says, don't go here. Father says, don't go here. Father says, don't hang out with that crowd. Mother says, don't hang out with that crowd. Yet we have individual young people that want to do what they want to do and go where they want to go and end up losing their life in some cases. Some don't lose their lives, but end up addicted to a drug that later on takes their life. Some don't uh, get their lives taken from that drug, but end up addicted for the rest of their life. Honor thy mother. Honor thy father. That thy days may be long upon the earth. The Bible says... Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. And let me ask you this. What is the apple of your eye? Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. You see, the heart is a focal point where God can deal with you. I said, see, the heart is a focal point where God can deal with you and God will deal with you if you will allow him to. It's a focal point where your parents can deal with you and they will deal with you if you will allow them to. Amen. It's a point. It's a place. It's a focal point where your youth pastor and your pastor can and will deal with you if you will allow them to. What's the apple of your eye? What do you love most in this world? See, your friends know how much you love your new iPhone, your new Samsung. If you got the Samsung, you need to get right and get an iPhone. But your friends know how much you love that new car. They know how much you love your new nail that you just got did. They know all that nonsense. They know how much you love this new rap CD or this new rap song or this trash. They know all that. They know how much you love your boyfriend. They know how much you love your girlfriend. But the same friends that hear you talking about how much you love all this stuff have never once heard you say how much you love your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that, my friend, that young person, that anybody is a shame. Four says, say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman. We could put strange man there. I understand the dangers of changing the Bible. I am not trying to change the Bible. I am just saying that strange man could apply. From the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones. I discerned among the youth a young man void of understanding. Some of you young knuckleheads out there choose to be void of understanding, by the way. Passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in black and dark night, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. Let me say this. I'm going to go back up to verse number seven. Let's talk to the grown folks. Let's talk to the people who have children. Void of understanding. Sometimes us uh, parents choose to be void of understanding. When our kids are doing this, our kids are doing that, our kids are doing this. A lot of kids and uh, need to be grounded for certain things, but there's a lot of parents out there that need to ground themselves for some things. You need to ground yourself instead of 
uh, running your kid for doing something stupid on the cell phone that you know he can't handle in the first place or she can't handle in the first place. You need to go on yourself when they get in trouble for going out, hanging out with some knuckleheads that you let them go hang out with. Just saying. Back to the scripture. Nine, in the twilight, in the evening, in black and dark night, and beheld and met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. Does not say that this woman was a harlot. Doesn't say she was a hooker. Doesn't say she was a strange lady. Doesn't say she was a prostitute or any of that stuff. Said that she had the attire of one on. You young ladies out here want men to look at you like men. By the way, fellas, here's why we got it wrong a lot of times. I said we because I'm a man. On my best day and on my worst day. I'm just a man, but I try to do my best. I go to a theme park. I go to an amusement park. Same difference. I go to an airport. I try to be undefeated. What do you mean by that, Brother Todd? When I go to the airport, there's, last time I was in Chicago, there's ladies with this on, that on, ladies with not much on at all. I want to go 100% not looking at one of those ladies. I want to be one, two, three, and no, I look three times and I made it through the rest. I want to make it through all of them, fellas. Stop looking at ladies and thinking about body parts. Stop looking at ladies and thinking about uh, features, eyes, lovely eyes, lovely this, lovely this, lovely that. They're not any of those things. They're simply ladies. And you need to start looking at them as ladies and that'll help you. But to you ladies that aren't helping us any, here's a rabbit trail. I'll shoot them dead real quick. I was in Florida and I saw these modestly dressed young ladies and I said, praise the Lord for you modestly dressed young ladies. You are part of the you're not part of the problem. Thanks for not being part of the problem. And the kids that I was with got embarrassed, but I was just praising the Lord for them. But, bang that rabbit's dead. We have a lot of young ladies that come to the church functions and they are dressed to the T and they look churchy. But when they get out in the world, the neck collar that was up to here comes way down to here. And the pants uh, or, or the uh, the skirt that was way down here comes all the way up to here now. Well, hopefully not that high, but up pretty high. What's that about? And then some of them same ladies, they complain because guys are looking at them. But you're the one wearing yoga pants, which are the devil, by the way. You're the one that's got your skin showing. You're the one advertising. If it's not for sale, then don't advertise it. How about that? And then you fellas walk around. Looking like a tough guy. Got the comments of a tough guy. And you ain't tough guys. You guys couldn't even handle like a quarter of the situations that I've been through in my life. You'd be uh, walking around with uh, something running down your leg. But you walk around, tough guy this, tough guy that. You ain't a tough guy. Just be yourself. Be happy with who God made you and walk around. Amen. And then some of you guys got the muscles on, got to have the super tight shirts and the super duper skinny jeans so everything is bulging out. Come on. What's that about? Walk, talk, act, dress, look like a Christian. Amen. One of the greatest days of my life was the day I figured out I could be myself and still be a Christian. I just needed to stay in my lane. 11 says, she is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now she is without now in the street and lies in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. And with an impotent face said unto him, the Bible here says she caught him. And then the Bible says she kissed him. In Iowa here, we have this bug called the shadfly. It's this little ugly bug 
The thorax is about that long. It's got antennas that are longer than the body. And it's got these rear antennas that are longer than the body. And its wings are longer than the body. The thing doesn't even look like it can fly. But the shad fly only lives 24 hours. If I only had 24 hours to live, I want to fly around the whole city, meet a little shad fly, lady shad fly, make a couple baby shad flies, have a little shad fly happy life. And I want to have all my whole 24 hours to do it. Amen. But a lot of shad flies, they only live four hours. Some live five hours. Some live six hours. Some live 10, 15 hours. Some live the natural course. But many shad flies are born and they start bouncing around the water and bloop comes a bass, bloop comes a sunfish, gobbles them up. The other ones fly around and the bats are swooping around, swooping around, having a smorgasbord. The other one, birds. And then there's the shad fly that gets caught up in the spider web. Caught up in the spider web. So he spends the rest of his life doing this, shaking, 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 trying to get out. Sometimes a nice human comes by, picks him up, flicks him out, and he flies off but his legs are all jacked up for the rest of his 24 hours. Jacked up legs, but he made it. Some pick them out, they hit the ground, and their wings are jacked up, so they can't fly no more, but they're still alive. Had they not gotten that web, though, they never would have got jacked up leg or jacked up wing. I dare say this, if the spiders, or I dare say this, if the shadfly knew where the birds were and the bats were and the fish were and the spider webs were, they wouldn't go nowhere near them. And you know exactly where your spider web is. You know exactly what girl's gonna get you caught up. You know exactly what boy's gonna get you caught up. You know exactly what place is gonna get you caught up. You know exactly what stuff on your phone is gonna get you caught up. You know exactly who you can't hang around because you're gonna get caught up, but you still go and hang around. Why don't you just stay away from that spider web? And here's another thing that happens. Let's pretend that this right here, this lovely fixture is a spider web. Sometimes, the uh, shad fly is just cruising along and a gust of wind comes by, stuck. Stuck like Chuck because it's flying too close to the spider web. Some of you guys don't uh, aren't, aren't caught up in the spider web, but you're dancing right around it. And when that gust of wind blows, you're gonna be stuck in there. Stay away from the spider webs. We all have our own individual spider webs. Stay away from yours and stay away from others, amen. 14 says, I have peace offerings with me this day. I have paid my vows. Therefore, come I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face and have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. She said, I made it look real nice. I made it smell real nice. Made it feel real nice. But let me say this. Everything that glitters is not gold. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. Just because he looks like a nice young man doesn't mean he is. Just because she looks like a nice young lady doesn't mean that she is. The grass is not always green on the other side. We must remember the grass is greenest where we water it. Amen. The grass is greenest where we water it. Amen. Eighteen says, come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He is gone on a long journey. He had taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. Why was she, the word solace there means to comfort. Let us comfort ourselves 
Why did the young man need comfort? Was his dad gone? Was his dad absent? Did he not have parents in the home? What was his issue? Why did, why did she need it? Was she mad that he was gone on a long journey? Was she mad that he took the money? Why? Why did she need comforting? And let me say this. It's okay for us to, uh, to mourn and to need comforting, but we must mourn in an appropriate manner. We must seek comfort in an appropriate manner. Some of you get in a bad mood, you go straight hit, hit, hit the little rap hop, rap, hip hop channel on and you just, just vibe out. So you, or hit the little rock music just so you can vibe out and yada, 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 yada. It's not what's up. Hey, listen, if it's some music that you wouldn't listen to with God sitting down right next to you, then you shouldn't listen to it at all. Amen. If it's, if it's not something that you would say, do or view without Christ, with Christ right next to you, then it's just something you shouldn't do at all. Sometimes we just want to get lost in the music. We want to get lost in the sauce. Hit the bottle. We want to get lost in uh, smoking some marijuana, things of that nature. As humans, that's something that I see. But as Christians, that should never be because we need to turn to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, people will pull up to me and they have and then They'll look at me and they'll hear, oh, Lord, you've been so good. All my troubles and my trials, you've understood. You met every need like you said you would, Lord, you've been so good. And they're looking at me like, huh? And I'm just looking at them like, because mm -hmm, I'm comfortable in my skin. Amen. Hey, I don't want them to identify me as. I want him to identify me as the man that's listening to Christian music because he loves the Lord and he cares about what enters the brain. By the way, let me ask you this. If I said, let me give you a shot of something that's going to rot the inside of your brain, would you let me give it to you? No, but you'll listen to that polluted music. What's that about? Why did they need comforting? What was the case? Why did they need to be comforted? What was going on? Were they bitter? Was it bitterness? Let me tell you a story about bitterness. I know a story of a young man who, was, who shot another young man at 16 years old, killed him dead. At the court date, mom said, uh, or they gave him, six, they gave him two, only two years. He had to be locked up until he was 18 years old. So um, mom walks past him and says, I'm going to kill you to the man that murdered her son, the young man. He goes to jail. Time passes. She sends him money. And uh, to get stamps and um, envelopes, and they start corresponding back and forth. And she gives him money for food and other things. And then they start calling each other and talking on the phone. Then it's time for this man to get out. In order for him to be out, he has to have a job at a at a. Uh, he has to have a job in order for him to get to the halfway house. So she secured this man a job. The man that killed her son in cold blood. And then he uh, was time to get out to halfway house for the young man. And he had to be in a house that had no felons in it and a landline. He didn't have that. She provided that for him. Let him come live at her house. You know how she was able to do that? Because she was able to forgive on a great scale. She said this to, she said this to the young man. She made a statement. She said, do you remember when I said I was going to kill you? He said, yes, ma'am. She said, I did. That man is now dead. So she can forgive on a scale like that. Why can't you forgive your mom for what she's done or your dad for what 
he's done or your brother or your sister or your pastor or whoever the case may be. You say, Brother Todd, oh, yeah, I've, had, I've been raped and I've had this and I've had that happen to me and you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, here, I got one for you. The young lady, I was preaching a, a God Bless America rally and I just gave a bit of my testimony each and every night. And I think I happened to lead like seven or eight people to the Lord on the streets out and about while I was there. So I, I would include that, praise the Lord, during my uh, testimony. And this young lady comes up to me at the end and she says, my mom was young too when she had me and she had to give me up for adoption and my dad went to jail because he was too old to be having a baby with my mom. So I'm thinking, okay, she, she starts crying. I'm thinking she's bitter about that. Lord, give me the words to say to comfort her and, and to help her. And then the conversation just stopped and her mom spoke up and she says, Here's what's really going on. Her mother, her mother's, um, or the, uh, her father, the young girl's father was also her grandfather. So that's the situation right there. She was born out of an incestual relationship. So I'm thinking for sure that's why she's bitter. I said, Lord, please help me to help her. Then she opened her mouth up and she said, I was wondering if you could go by my mother's house and witness to her. And I was thinking to myself, what a display, 16 years old. She's not damned up and jammed up about that situation. She's distraught about her mother dying and going to hell. She wanted to have an everlasting effect on her mother. And she was trying to use me as a vessel to do so. And I was like, let's do this. Then they gave me a, a Google Street view of the house. I'm like, man, this is clearly in the hood. We're like in, in Canton, Ohio. I'm like, I'm bringing a pistol. And I'm like, ah, I better not. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm bringing it. Because they showed me a picture of these people, a Facebook picture. It was, his name is Mr. Grinch or something like that, Grinchy Grinch. And then uh, um, it was her. He's looking all, so I'm like, yep, bringing a strap. And then I thought to myself, Man, brother, Pastor Gamoli's going to send me with this guy. He's pretty round. He's got the handlebar mustache. He don't look like he'd do any good in the hood. But the other guy that was there came from the hood, Ben shot all that stuff. Now he's straightened out. He's a preacher. So I said, hey, can I go with Brother uh, Phil tomorrow? And he said, we'll see what happens. And I knew that meant I was going with the round guy. So I got up the next day, went to soul winning, and sure enough, the round guy. So like good Baptists, we went, got some donuts. Got some coffee, went, knocked on that, uh, or we stopped, we prayed, opened the car door, opened the gate, took two steps, and that door opened. And she came out as if she had been waiting for me to come and glad to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Man, I didn't sleep at all the night before. What if Mr. Grinch wants to shoot? What if Mr. Grinch is like, what are you doing here trying to talk to my lady? What if she doesn't want to hear the gospel? I did not want to have to go back to that girl and tell her that her uh, mother did not get saved, but that was not the case. Because she wasn't bitter and jammed up. She was thinking about eternity. She was thinking about an everlasting life for her mother. Amen. Let's close this down. I have 30 minutes. I think I'm at about 25. The Bible says in 21, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. She put a little peer pressure on him. Peer pressure is one of the greatest things on planet Earth. We need to put peer pressure on our peers to do the right thing. Amen. He goeth after her straightway as an ox go to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. To the dark 
till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hastens to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. So I understand the context here. It's talking about uh, it's talking about diseases and, and things of that nature, but that dart strikes through the liver brings me to this. Let me think about this. I live in Iowa, one of the greatest places on planet Earth to shoot deer. We have some wonderful soil. We get these big, healthy uh, stocks of corns and beans and the deers come and eat it and they get huge. And people want to come shoot them so they can have trophies on their wall. But here's how those deers uh, get to be big. First, let me tell you about the Iowa rut season. Iowa rut season, I know, let's, tell, let's talk about how them deers get so big. Deer walks around like this. That smells a little funny. I don't want nothing to do with that. Oh, that doesn't sound right. I don't want nothing to do with that. Changing direction. Oh, that doesn't look right. I don't want nothing to do with that. I'm changing direction. They're cautious. Every single step that they make, they don't want their last step to be their last step. So they watch where they step. Amen. But there's a thing called the Iowa rut season. And that's when the deers are running around with one thing on their mind. More deers get hit by cars during the Iowa rut season than any time of the year because they're running around. One thing on the mind, gotta find a lady, gotta find a lady, gotta find a lady, gotta find a lady. Then bam! The dart strikes through the liver. Hunter up in that stand, drew back or ready to go. And it's a wrap because they're running around trying to find a lady. Fellas, God's gifts are worth waiting for. Hurry up and wait on the one that God has for you. Ladies, God's gifts are worth waiting for. Hurry up and wait on the one that God has for you. And then let me ask you this question. Did you just sit here and hear that message as a child of the devil? Because if you're not a born again Christian, that's what you are. You're a child of the devil. Some of you youngsters in there haven't been getting any victory, haven't been getting any victory in life because you're just a simple child of the devil. You need to know Christ. You need to put your trust and faith in him. You're going to burn in hell. I know a story of a young boy who, who, his last words were, they're coming for me, mom. They're coming for me. Don't let them get me. And then he died. And I dare say if the angels were coming to carry him off in their bosom, he would have been screaming, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. And that's not a story of a story that I heard. That's a story that a preacher told me that was there in the room when he was screaming that. I know another evangelist, Dan Martin. He said uh, uh, he had one of his buddies, his Marine buddies, Tried to witness to him, didn't want to hear the gospel, ended up getting in a car accident. When they pulled the jaws of life out of him, blood just started gushing out of that man. And he said, Dan, they're coming for me. Interesting verbiage used by two people dying. So my question to you is, when you die, who's coming for you? Listen up. When you die, who's coming for you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.